Welcome to Charleston Church Down East Weekly Podcast. For more information about us, visit charlestonchurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. I've entitled this morning's message, The Roadmap to Reality. Roadmap to Reality. Putting fear in its place. Putting fear in its place. Now, we're going to be here a long time if you guys are this quiet the whole time this morning. I didn't realize I was preaching a funeral on Sunday morning this morning. Let's wake up. There we go. The roadmap back to reality. What do I mean by that? What I mean is fear's a liar. I said fear's a liar. Fear would make you believe, create scenarios in your mind and in your heart that are unrealistic and untrue, but have you convinced that it's a sure reality? Fear, fear is not an emotion. Do emotions come with it? Yes. But fear is not an emotion. And the reason, one of the main reasons, that we can't shake fear and anxiety and depression in our state and in our country is because we've been trained to believe that it's, it's just a normal thing we have to accept. It's part of our human life. It's an emotional thing. Now, I understand there are some chemical things that take place in the brain. I understand all of that. I'm not denying any of that. But what I am saying is, it's kind of a, a spiritual crime, if you want to call it that, for the devil to keep us deceived into thinking the worst case scenario in every area of our life. Now, fear is based on a lot of things. Fear can be based on, on generational things that your parents or maybe your grandparents or your family were afraid of that they dealt with. It can be based on personal experience, something you've gone through, something you've faced. But sometimes it's just an outright lie that you've been bombarded with information and you don't know what to do with it. Fear ravaged our nation in 2020. Ravaged the world in 2020. And if the devil has his way, it's going to happen again in just a few short weeks. But I am here to tell you this morning that regardless of whatever the world would throw at us, we don't have to fear. I said you don't, you can if you want to. I wouldn't advise it. You don't have to live in fear. Fear can be disguised as this. You ever, maybe you've said it. I've said it too. Well, I'm just using, it's just, it's just wisdom. It's just wisdom, Anna. Wisdom is important. The Bible says that we're to ask for it and to use it when we get it. That's why we have a brain. But we need to be cautious not to have fear and just slide that filter of wisdom right in front of it. 
to soothe our conscience. The greatest spiritual crime we could ever commit is to fear, I just got to realize it's going to be quiet the whole morning. I might as well just keep going quiet or not. (laughs) The biggest spiritual crime we could commit is to fear the repercussions of man more than we revere the commandments of God. There we go. I hit a nerve right there, a good one. I'm not saying scary things don't happen. I'm not pretending they don't. I'm not saying that fear doesn't try to come on me, because it does. But I want to read you a portion of Scripture that will help you put some things in perspective. One of my favorite portions, it was something that we read every day as a family. My daughter can quote this word for word verbatim. But it's more than that. She's got it in her heart, too, and I want to read it to you this morning. You've heard it, but I I want us to be reminded of it this morning. I prayed all week about this morning's message. I had message prepared so perfect, so polished. Oh, was it good. (laughs) Hashtag humble brag. Amen. (laughs) But I, I touched on it Wednesday, if you were here Wednesday. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me Wednesday morning. Address the spirit of fear in the church and in this state and get ahead of it before it's too late. Get ahead of it before it's too late. This is not a political speech. I don't care what party you belong to if you don't belong to any. I'm Canadian. I don't belong to any of them. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and I stand for morality and righteousness wherever that falls. There's nothing wrong if you do belong to one of them. What I'm saying is, what I'm trying to help you understand is, if you thought 2020 was a one and done, it wasn't. And I'm not here to put fear in you, actually the exact opposite. I'm here to help you get rid of it. But I want to open your eyes. In the next few weeks, You're going to have opportunity to be fearful again. Mark my words, before the end of August, you will have opportunity to be fearful again. They're going to give her the old second college try this time. And fear, it does present itself, and sometimes it does push on us. It's pushed on me before and backed me into a corner. I'm thinking, yeah, but listen to this. But what if? What if we'll kill you every time? But what if it happens? But what if it's, but what if, but no. If you're going to doubt and be afraid of anything, doubt your doubts. What if the blood of Jesus is stronger and nothing shall touch you? What if, what if God goes before you and you've got nothing to fear? What if? Godliness and righteousness is returning to America, and it just requires a few of us to stand up for it. What if? What if? I've lived too long in the what if this bad thing happens. And I'm not saying I'm not tempted to live there a few more times. But 
I'm helping me too this morning. I've trained myself. Okay, Joel, what if you don't, oh, by the way, I'm Pastor Joel for those of you who are new here. Probably should have started with that. Let me read this to you before I get ahead of myself. Psalm 91. Anybody familiar with that? Listen to this. Those who live in, now this is scripture, not my opinion, not a cute psalm that David wrote in a field with a harp. This is scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. It's the power of God in print. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone, Him only, nothing else, He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him. For he will rescue you from every trap. Listen to this. And protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. That's what I was talking about earlier. This is the final, this is the first advisor and the final authority in my life. I go to it first for advice, and it makes the decisions. Final authority is this book right here. It must speak louder because its promises, its truth, is my shield and my armor. All the fiery darts of the enemy are warded off when I wear that shield of faith. What does that mean? It means I believe that he is healer. I believe that he is the provider for my life. I believe that he is the one that brings peace, that passes all understanding. I don't care if you're five, if you're 14, or if you're 144 in here this morning. God sees you in every moment of your life. We have some people here that are business owners. Every decision you have to make in your business, that it could go north or south fast either way, real quick, depending. The Lord says, just trust me. Make me your shelter. Hear my voice. I'll protect you. You have nothing to fear. If you're a student in here this morning, I don't care if it's college, high school, middle school, wherever it is, those things that you face, those anxieties, those worries, those words that they say, the thoughts you have, the times you spend alone in your room and you don't know what to do, let God come in like a flood with peace. Put your trust in him and realize God, in myself, I have every reason to be anxious. The school system is not what it used to be. Say, how do you know? My wife, a former teacher, will be starting as a principal in just a couple weeks. We've been in the school system. I have a daughter in it. My wife taught and now will be administrating in it. Some of you are involved in it, teachers. 
ed techs, principals yourself. You can come up against some stuff that makes you feel like you've got your back against the wall. And what if I make the wrong decision? What if the pressure gets too great? What if things happen the way they say are going to happen? Let me help you with something. None of it, none of it, I said none of it, catches God by surprise. He didn't cause it, but he sees it. And when you find yourself in the middle of it, if you'll just make him your shelter, if you'll just put your full trust in him and realize you're not walking alone. It's, you have something to fear if you're doing this thing alone. But God has placed you where you're at on purpose, for a purpose. There's a hundred other people that could be there, but he put you there because he believes that you have something on the inside of you that will stand for truth and righteousness. And he says, if you'll do that and put your trust in me, you have nothing to fear because I'll go before you. I'll make a way. I'll send people to come alongside of you and help you. Even though you don't see it or feel it. God says, I'm working. If you'll just trust me, I'll go before you and I'll make a way. Verse 5 says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Don't dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side, Though 10,000 may be dying around you, these evils will not touch you. And I prophesy in the name of Jesus, anybody attached to this house, these evils will not touch you. They will not take you out. They will not destroy you. They will not discourage you. Stand strong knowing that God is who he said he is. You can put your trust in him. You can be vulnerable in his presence. And as you do, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Verse 9, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. It doesn't mean evil won't try, but it means though some water splashes against the boat, it ain't going down, baby. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. This is scripture, remember. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. In the business world. In the corporate world. In the blue collar world. In the education world. In the medical field. In the ministry. Wherever you go. If, listen to this, remember the what if? God's saying, what if you just put your trust in me and made me your shelter and your refuge? What if? If you've asked that question, here's the answer. No evil will conquer you. You won't be alone. You have nothing to fear. And his angels will protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, verse 14, 
I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Our purpose on this earth is is redemptive in nature. But we get so caught up thinking, what if natural consequence, insert whatever it is, what if? But if we could just kind of, and I know it's some work to get there, but get our minds to the spot where we realize the reason you're on this earth is not to have a good job, though that's important. It's not to just raise a family, though it's a good idea and enjoyable to do so. It's not just to go through the day in and day out. Your purpose for being on this earth, drawing breath, is redemptive in nature. What does that mean? God desired in the Garden of Eden relationship with Adam and Eve. The devil came along as a snake, most of you know the story, and messed that up. Adam and Eve made a choice. But at that very moment, God put his next plan into play, Jesus, restoring what was lost through Adam and Eve. He's referred to as the second Adam. Restoring everything that was lost from Adam and Eve. Why? Because he wanted a relationship with you and I. Say, really? God in heaven, the creator of the earth? Yeah. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. But it goes a step further. He didn't just put you here so you could hear a message and get saved one day, receive Jesus. No. There's a thing called the Great Commission that he gave us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You say, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't mean preach in the sense like I'm doing this morning only. It means take the message of the good news of the gospel to everyone who will listen wherever you go. What am I saying? Our purpose on this earth is redemptive in nature. We are called not to just live a cute life and go to heaven someday, but to take, compel as many people as possible to come with us. to get as many people to an understanding of Jesus as we can now so they can live victorious now before they go to heaven. What if we were more concerned with what God put us here for than what culture and society says we ought to do? What if? Something to think about. Fear denies what Jesus did. It distorts what he's doing now, and it lies about what he's going to do in your future. It's a lie. You say, you've heard the saying, anyone ever hear false evidence appearing real? Sometimes it's not false evidence. Sometimes it's real evidence, and it appears real, real. But accepting fear is the denial of the finished work of Jesus. Fear causes false scenarios to look like probable outcomes. Fear causes you to doubt your worth and your worthiness of God's best for your life. 
Well, what, what if I'm not worthy and I, and I try to do this thing? Don't be afraid of your past. God's not. Don't be afraid of the present. God's not. Don't doubt your worth and your worthiness of God's best. Fear causes you to question your qualification for God's best. Fear develops a false worldview that consistently hinges on that what-if question. Fear causes us to believe more in the devil's ability than the devil does himself. I'm going to say that again. Fear causes us to believe more in the devil's ability than the devil believes in his ability. If you think the devil thinks, oh, I'm strong, I'm mighty, hear me roar, he knows he's a weak, pathetic punk. He knows it. One flick, pew, down from heaven, God removed him like that. You think he doesn't know? But that's why he fights us so hard, is because when we receive Jesus, that same thing that kicked him out, that presence he desired so much is on the inside of you and I, and he can't have it. Don't believe in the devil's abilities more than he believes in his own. He knows he's powerless unless we give him a place, unless we give him room. Listen to this. Fear distorts the rank and file of spiritual power. Luke 10.18 says, this is the scripture, I love this scripture. Luke 10, 18 says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And then the Lord says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk on snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing by any means will harm you. You're not subject to the devil's mess. He's subject to yours. And in the weeks and months to come, this is the thing I want you to get a hold of. Hear me now. You have authority over the enemy. You have authority over the enemy. Step two. Fear, the Bible says, God has not given us the emotion of fear. No. The spirit of fear. Fear is spiritual. It's not emotional. That's flesh. It's spiritual. And it's not from God. It's from the enemy. It's a spiritual thing. Okay, go back to step one. You have authority over the enemy. Therefore, you have authority over the spirit of fear and what it wants to do in your mind. This mind is the greatest battlefield you'll ever cross. Realize you have rank over the devil. You have authority over the enemy. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but you're going to see in a, in a, in a few weeks' time. I'm telling you. What you faced in 2020, you're going to be tempted to fear and go right back, revert right back into it. 
I'm not preaching this message because it's fun. I'm not preaching because I like to hear a, a quiet crowd in the crickets. God spoke to me and said, tell the people there's more that's going to be coming, but they don't have to bow to the spirit of fear. Ask God to show you what truth is. Ask God to help you see through all the thickness and the foolishness, through, through the, the agendas, through the, the politics that might be involved in what's going on in our world. Whatever it is, say, God, give me clarity to see what the truth is in every situation. Give me the, these are prayers, dangerous prayers, but if you pray them, watch out. Give me the boldness to stand for truth and righteousness, even if it's not popular. Give me favor, Lord, with all of those in authority over me. Give me a peace, Lord, in every stressful situation that others will look and see how is he or she so peaceful in the midst of all of this. And it shall be a sign and a wonder and a witness to those around you of the power of God at work on the inside of you. Fear gives your emotions the microphone. And if you don't catch it, fear will cripple your future. Because everywhere you look, you see through the filter of fear. Yeah, but that happened last time, so I better not. Yeah, but I know I feel this is the right thing to do, but I saw someone else that did it, and it didn't work out, so, so, so what if? That filter of fear. Yeah, but they say, and they said, and, 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 and. The filter of fear. Fear grabs you by the hand, everything you encounter, and walks you back to the last worst-case scenario and said, this is your reality everywhere you look. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe finances got rough. And you think, of, well, what if this and what if that? And, and, and you say, no, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. God will provide and make a way. Why? Because it says it, not because I said it. The devil says, ah, that smells like fear. Let me take you back to the last time. Yeah, well, you were a tither back then, and remember? And what about your aunt, your mom? She was a tither. Remember what happened to her? The filter of fear. But this is your roadmap back to reality. This word will put fear in its place every time it rears its ugly head. Every time. Make the word of God the standard in your life. And I promise you, when the devil grabs hold of you and says, let me take you back to the last time. Let me take you back. You say, no devil, let me take you back to the morning I was sitting in service and I read Psalm 91 and realized that if I make God my shelter, if I make him my refuge, I don't have to fear about anything because God goes before me 
And if it can't touch Jesus, it won't touch me. Take the devil back to this Sunday morning and say, no, I heard it, I read it, I believe it, that settles it. Don't let fear push you around. Draw the map back to the scripture and say, get in your place, fear, and your place doesn't belong here. I've had enough of fear keeping us as believers thinking we're weak and defeated, that we're down and out. The creator of the earth itself is your savior. He's your father. He's alive on the inside of you. Why fear what mere mortal men, the Bible says, can do to you when the creator and savior of your soul is alive on the inside of you? Fear the one who could destroy your soul and your body eternally, not the one that can do it here on this earth, a mere mortal man. Now, for those who are going to take what I just said out of context, I'm not saying to be dumb and deny authorities. Danny pulls you over, just do what he says. Maybe I better walk that back a little bit. (laughs) Within the reason of the law, do what he says. But you understand what I'm saying this morning? Are you hearing it? Let God be your first resource for advice and strength. And let his commandments, let the reality of his peace that passes understanding be the lasting and final authority in your situation. And when the devil tries to lead you back to fear and finances, fear of sickness, fear of, of whatever it is, say, no, I'm not even walking that road with you. That case is closed. Here's the roadmap to what I'm believing. Get in your place, fear, and you've got no place here. So that's what fear causes. How do we defeat it? A biblical understanding of our value. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are God's possession. As a result, you can show the goodness of God to others. For he called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What does that mean? Darkness is where fear sets up camp. But if you draw a line and say, I'm staying on the side of light. Though you would like to drag me to the darkness, I've been redeemed. I've been healed. I've been provided for. I've been strengthened. The joy of the Lord is my strength. A biblical understanding of your value. You're a child of the king, a priesthood, a holy nation. God said, that's my son, that's my daughter. And when you poke one of God's children's eye, you poke the eye of God. So number one, to defeat it, a biblical understanding of our value. Number two, a biblical understanding of God's nature. John 10.10 says, the devil comes to steal, to kill, 
and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Who does it say kills? Who does it say steals? Who destroys? Excuse me, I am dry. The devil steals, kills, and destroys. So anything you're facing in your life that's stealing from your joy, stealing your peace, anything that's killing in your life, destroying, every time you feel like you get ahead, you know what I'm saying? Every time you get a victory, you feel like you get two defeats. That's of the devil. John 10 said, John 10, 10 rather says, that's not the nature of God, that's the nature of the enemy of your soul. But when we have a biblical understanding of God's nature, that if stealing, killing, and destroying is the devil's nature, then the opposite is true for God. Anything that brings life is of God. Anything that brings blessing instead of stealing from you is the, the work of the Lord in your life. Anything that doesn't destroy but builds up is the nature of God at work in your life. So how do we defeat fear? Understanding God is for me. He's a good God. He wants the best for me. The Bible says in him there is no shadow of turning. No no variableness. He is who he said he is. He is now and he will always be. Number one, we defeat fear with a biblical understanding of our value. Second, a biblical understanding of God's nature. And listen to this. I close with this. We defeat it with a transfer of our trust. Psalm 62, 6 to 8 says, He alone. You notice the theme here? Psalm 91 said, He alone is my refuge. If you put your trust in him only, it said. Listen to this, Psalm 62, 6 to 8. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, and whom I will not be shaken. My victory and my honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. People, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is your strong refuge. I don't trust my emotions anymore. I trust the word of God. I trust the nature of God. I'm afraid, okay. The Bible says, fear not, for I'm with you. I'm broken and emotional. The Bible says that he mends the brokenhearted. That he gives you the oil of joy where there's sorrow. A garment of praise where there once was heaviness. Transfer the trust to the one who can eradicate every situation that's bringing fear in your life. Understanding that puts the devil in a place 
or he's fearful of you. Because if you believe in the devil's power more than he does, he'll keep you powerless. He'll keep you ineffective. He'll keep you full of sorrow, not joy. He'll keep you broken, not built up. He'll make you make decisions out of fear instead of a faith decision. You can stand with me as I close. I'm going to leave you with this this morning. What if What if, Stephen, what if we just took God at his word? Hannah, if you, or whoever, I see Hannah's on a camera. If somebody can come back, if I have somebody, I think Hannah's coming. What if, Shane, What if you just stayed in fear? Many of us saw that the last year. But what if we chose to stand in faith? What if we chose to believe, not because everything's going right, but in spite of everything that's going wrong? What if we chose to lay religion down And picked up a relationship with God. Religion will put standards on you that are heavy. You have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to... Now, there's morals and standards. Don't get me wrong. Hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. But religion says you have to cut your hair a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. You have to smell a certain way. I'm glad you don't smell bad. The only way to smell is good. But you understand what I'm saying? Religion is a heavy weight. It's a standard that you can never live up to. And it will keep you saying, but what if I mess up? What if I can't live up to it? What if I let my hair down, so to speak? More difficult for some of you than others. What if? I realized that the only standard I have to live up to is the one Jesus walked. The old law in the Old Testament created religious standards that were heavy and hard to keep. And kept people in fear. But thank God, Jesus eradicated it. And through the finished work of Jesus, he set a new standard that doesn't require a checklist of religious foolishness. That you have to fear, I messed up today, I, I, I'm starting from scratch, or I... I didn't do this thing perfect, so God's mad at me. God's not mad at you. 
He's not waiting for you to mess up so he can beat you. He's not sitting there waiting for you to mess up so he can pounce on you. No, on the contrary. If you'll lay down religion, you say, what do you mean by religion? Religion is stuffy church. Religion is stuffy Christians. Religion is rules that man puts in place, pretending it's spiritual and God put them in place to make them feel secure and keep you where they can manage you. That's religion. But God says, no, I don't want to keep you small. I've made a way through my son. And I say, you are worthy. I set the standard, and the standard is, receive my son as your savior, and you have access to everything I've provided for you. And you have nothing to fear when you receive Jesus. Nothing to fear, Kim. Those old standards get lifted off, and a new freedom comes. God, I pray today that you would help us. Help us realize that we don't have to fear man, but we don't have to fear you. We revere you, but we don't fear you. We realize you are a holy God, but we also realize that your son Jesus paid a price so that we don't have to be perfect. We just have to love you. We just have to receive you. And I pray this morning you would give us the boldness that if we haven't made that decision to make it this morning, and if we have, that we would make a firm recommitment this morning that I stand in faith. I stand on the Word of God. I choose relationship over religion. I don't fear an angry God because I realize you poured out, ha, thank you, Holy Spirit, you poured out your wrath and your anger on Jesus on the cross. All God's anger for your sin was poured out on Jesus. You don't have to fear God. You don't have to wonder if his intentions are good for you another day. If you've never received Jesus this morning, I want you to make that commitment before you leave. Realize you don't have to fear tomorrow. You don't have to fear your future. What can a mere mortal man do to you when God is your father? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to just give you the opportunity. If you walked in here and you're not sure if heaven would be your home, if you've been fearful that God was angry at you, if you believed the lie that you've done too much for God to love you, you can walk out of here realizing the truth and walking in its power this morning. If that's you and you've never received Jesus, what does that mean? You've never prayed the prayer, said, God, forgive me. I want you 
to rule and reign in my life. I want to live my life for you instead of the way I have been. If that sounds like you, I want, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to slip your hand up so I can pray for you. If you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life from this day forward, no turning back. Ten more seconds. Okay, I'll assume everybody here is on their way to heaven. But one final thing before we close this morning. If you want to pray a dangerous prayer this morning, I'm going to invite you to do that with me. That the spirit of fear will have no place in your life. That in the weeks and months to come, you will stand strong in the face of fear. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. Joshua 1, 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for your Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. Them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. 1 Corinthians 16.13 Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and strong. You have the power to conquer fear. God says, I am with you this morning. I'll go before you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will make a way where there seems to be no way. You say, but yeah, what if? Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace that exceeds anything that you can understand. Philippians 4, 7 through 8 says, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is the one final thing for you this morning. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right and pure. Fix your thoughts on what is lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Do everything you've heard and saw me doing. And then God says, my peace will be with you. Fear not. Be courageous and strong. Don't let anxiety jerk you around.
Psalm 94, 19 says, when anxiety was great within me, you brought me great joy. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord. He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So that final thing is that, what we just read, fix your mind on what is pure. Fix your mind on what is truth. If that sounds like you and you want to stand against fear, not in your own strength, but realizing it's spiritual and you have the upper hand. Let me pray for you if that's you. If that's you and you feel comfortable doing so, just slip your hand up and I'm going to pray for everyone with their hand up as a group, myself included. Father God, I thank you for your word that fear does not have to control our life. I thank you, God, that it is spiritual. It's a spirit of fear and that when we have Jesus on the inside of us, we have nothing to fear. God, give us a boldness to do what is right in spite, in spite of what others may think. God, I pray that the anxiety, the panic that would cripple people, I pray that by your spirit, I plead and apply the protecting blood of Jesus over everyone in the sound of my voice. Fear and anxiety, crippling worry will not have you another day in Jesus' mighty name. You are free from anxiety. You are free from fear. And God, I pray that when we get in those moments when we feel like our back's against the wall and we don't know what to do, that like a flood, your presence would come in and raise up a standard against the spirit of fear. God, give us a boldness to speak scripturally when fear tries to ravage our life. May we quote what we read today. I have been given all authority over all the power of the enemy. I will crush snakes and scorpions under my feet. They shall not harm me. God, make the word concerning our authority come alive on the inside of us this morning, I pray. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with us, don't hesitate to visit us in person at our Down East location in Sullivan, Maine. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Have the best week you've ever had.